Herman is driving down the Dan Ryan uh, early one morning, and Herman is driving down 80, uh, the Dan Ryan, and all of a sudden his cell phone rings. Now, I know you're not supposed to talk on your cell phone uh, in Chicago uh, on the interstate, but bear with me for a moment. So Herman answers his cell phone, and on the other end of the cell phone is his frantic wife. Herman, 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 she says. What's the matter? You've got to be careful out there. There's someone, they say there's a car going the wrong way down the Dan Ryan. He says, one car, there's hundreds of them. See, he was going the wrong. Okay, just make sure. All right. I, I know it's early, but you got an extra hour of sleep last night. There's no excuse not to get my joke. Um, I, I have a fear. I have a real fear of going the wrong way. Now, I don't mean just driving-wise, although I do have a fear of, of one-way signs. If I'm in an area of the, of the, air, of the region that I'm not familiar with, and I'm, I'm, I come across a one-way sign, I, I always want to make sure I'm going the right way. I'm always worried that I'm going to be going the wrong way, that I'm going to get in a wreck, or that I'm going to make somebody really mad. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are you doing, you idiot? Well, I didn't know it was a one-way, you know, and, and, and so I get nervous when I see a one-way sign. Not that I'm rebellious, not that I don't want to go the right way. I do want to go the right way, but I get nervous around one-way signs and, and whether or not I'm going the right way. And, and when it comes to kind of a metaphorical one-way sign in my life, I, I worry that I'm going the right way when it comes to how I'm living my life with the expectations that God has for me in my life. I worry about, am I going the right way? Am I going the way that God wants me to go? And, and so I, I think about things like if I was a... Uh, a more of a, if I worked at it more, maybe I could be a better father. Or if I worked at it more, maybe I could be a better husband. Maybe I'm not going the right way when it comes to being a father and a husband. Or maybe if I loved Jesus more, uh, I'd be a, a better minister. I, I'd be a better preacher uh, because I'd be putting uh, more effort and more time into, into what I do. And, and if I loved Jesus more, maybe I'd be a better minister. I don't feel like, some, sometimes I feel like I'm not going the right way uh, I'm going the wrong way when it comes to being a, a minister. Or sometimes I feel like I'm going the wrong way when, it, when it's just being a Christian. And, and if I hadn't got into this bad habit a long time ago, then maybe I'd be a better Christian today. Uh, maybe I'd be more sold out and devoted to Christ. Maybe I'd be more uh, obedient to Christ if I didn't get into this bad habit a long time ago. Any of you ever feel that way? That maybe if I hadn't done this, maybe if I hadn't made this poor decision, maybe if I hadn't done that, uh, maybe if I hadn't come across this thing or hadn't thought about that or hadn't pursued this, that I'd be doing better, that I wouldn't be going the wrong way. Because I think sometimes we look at our lives and we think, am I going the right way? Am I following the right path? Am I going the way God wants me to go? You see, I, I know that God has expectations for my life. He has expectations for the way I live. He has expectations for the things I say and do and think. God has expectations of the way I should live the life that he's given me. Because after all, he is the one who gave me the life that I have. And as my father, as my creator, God has expectations for the way that I live. I have news for you. He has expectations for the way that you live too. He has expectations for us. And the way that we live. He spells them out clearly for us in His Word. That God has expectations for our lives. 
And we know that we don't always measure up. We know that we don't always hit the mark. We don't always uh, win the prize. Uh, we don't always measure up to what God is calling us to do. We don't measure up to what God has created us to do. And I think it leads to a, a sense of guilt and a sense of shame in our lives that we think, man, if I just did this better, I would, I would be going the right way. Or if I just did that better, I'd be going the right way. If I wasn't so selfish or self-centered, I, I might be on the right path. If I wasn't so self-absorbed, then if I was concerned for others more, then I'd be going down the right path. Uh, we worry, I think, sometimes in our lives that we're going the wrong way. We're like Herman. And we don't know that we're going the wrong way at all. That's, I think, one of our greatest fears is that we're on the wrong path and we don't even realize it. That we're going the wrong way and we don't even know it. That's one of my greatest fears, is that I've gotten blown off course, and that I've gotten on the wrong track, and I'm not going the way I'm supposed to be going. I'm not going down the path that I should be on. Now, I'm not talking about like being a Christian as far as am I going to heaven. That's not what I'm talking about. I, I, I know that by God, I'm confident that by God's grace and God's grace alone that I'm going to heaven. I, I have that confidence that I'm going to heaven. And it's not because I'm such a great guy. It's not because I'm such a great preacher. It's not because uh, I go to church. It's not because I, put, uh, I tithe and, and put money in the, uh, in the online giving. I don't put it in the offering plate. I put it in the online giving. But either way... It's not because of the things I do that I'm going to heaven. It's not because I'm so wonderful. It's because Jesus is so wonderful. It's because God is so good. It's because of the grace that he has shown me. It is because of the free gift of salvation that he offers that, I go, that I'm going to heaven. That's where my confidence lies. It's not in my abilities, but in God's ability to save me in spite of myself. Now, I'm not talking about am I on the right way going to heaven. I'm talking about am I living the right way here on earth. I, I have a purpose in my life. Uh, we have a men's Bible study that meets on Saturday mornings, and I was telling the guys yesterday about my personal mission statement that I came up with when I was in college uh, at Lincoln Christian College. I came up with a personal mission statement. My personal mission statement is to help everyone within my sphere of influence grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you don't know Jesus, I want to introduce you to him. Or if you do know Jesus, I want to help you know him better. That's my personal mission statement. And I know that I don't always measure up to that. I know that I don't always fulfill that mission statement. What is your mission statement? What is your purpose? Because that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit today. I want to talk with you about our purpose in life. I believe we have a very simple purpose as followers of Jesus, as Christians. I believe the, our purpose in life is to know God and to make Him known. To have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ by the grace of God that he offers, that we are, to have, we are to have a relationship with God through Jesus, and we are to know God and to make him known to the world, to make sure other people know about Jesus. I think that is the mission of every Christian, to know God and to make him known. But what if you don't know God? What if you don't know Jesus? Well, we want to help you get to know him better. Our mission statement as a church is helping people follow Jesus. That if you don't know Jesus, we want to help you get to know him. If you do know him, we want to help you follow him better. That is what our mission statement is as a church. And, and, that is, and my mission statement as a human being, as a follower of Jesus, as a minister, is to help everyone within my sphere of influence grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
What is your mission? What is your purpose? Why are you here? And I don't mean why are you here on a Sunday morning, although that could be part of it. Why are you here on this planet? Why are you here on this earth? Why did God put you here? Why did God create you? Why did God make you? Why did God call you out of the darkness and into the light of his glorious grace? Why are you here? I believe it's very simple to know God and to make him known. That is the purpose of our lives. So this morning, we're going to continue on in our, in our sermon series called Signs. And, and I want to look at some different passages of Scripture that talk about uh, this one-way idea. Now, in, in the book of Psalms, uh, we read about uh, how God does not treat us as our sins deserve. I want to read this for you. Psalm 103, verses 8 through 12. It says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. And this is verse 10. It's up here on the screen. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. In other words, God does not treat us the way we deserve to be treated because of our sinfulness. But rather, you know what he did instead? He treated Jesus as our sins deserve. He punished Jesus for you and me. And because he did that, our sins can be forgiven. Our sins can be washed away it's because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He treated Jesus the way our sins deserve. And so when God sets up this plan of salvation that we're going to talk about today, this idea of, of one way, this idea that there's only one way that leads to heaven, and I know it sounds very, very exclusive, almost club-like. Well, it's not a club. Being a Christian is not being part of a club. It's being part of a church. And Jesus died for the church. And he made it possible for us to go to heaven someday. And to not only go to heaven, but to live with him here on earth, in our hearts, through the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to talk about this idea that there is only one way that leads to heaven. All the songs that we sang this morning were all about uh, salvation, God's grace, uh, the one name by which we are saved. We'll talk about that in just a second. And for about the next 15 minutes or so, I just want to unpack this passage of Scripture from John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. If you've got your Bibles, turn to John 14, 1 through 6. If you didn't bring your Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 763. If you've got it, you can pull it up on your phone. If you've got a Bible app on your phone or if you've got a tablet, you can pull it up on the Bible app on your tablet. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6 is what we're going to talk about. Jesus is with his disciples for the very last time before he is going to be crucified. He is in an upper room in a house with his disciples, and he is talking to them about what's about to happen to him. In John chapter 13, he describes how he is going to be betrayed into the hands of sinners, and he is going to suffer and die for the sins of the world. And his disciples are obviously very troubled, because in John 14, 1, Jesus says, read this with me, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. That idea of trusting in God, it's not just a one-time trust in God, trust in me. It is an ongoing action. In the original language, it is an ongoing action. Keep trusting in God. Keep 
trusting in me. Keep believing in God. Keep believing in me. Believe, 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 and keep believing. Verse 2. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, here in, in John 14, 1 through 6, we, we hear a very exclusive statement that Jesus makes. That Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through him. There's only one way that leads to heaven, he is saying. And you know what? We read about this in other passages of Scripture, such as Acts chapter 4, verse 12. The Apostle Peter was preaching a very powerful sermon, and he, says, he, was, he was talking about Jesus and said, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven by which, uh, given to mankind by which we must be saved. That's Acts chapter 4, verse 12. There is no other name given to mankind under, by which we can be saved. There is no other name other than the name of Jesus Christ. He is the only way to be saved. And like I said, it sounds very exclusive, and that's because it is. A lot of people want to tell you that there are many roads that lead to God. There are many roads that lead to heaven. That as long as you believe something, and as long as you believe it sincerely, then you'll go to heaven, whatever your idea of heaven is. But that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible says that there is only one name given to mankind by which we can be saved. There's only one name given to humanity by which we can be saved, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 4 through 6, Timothy, Paul wrote to Timothy, God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. We talked about this last week. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. There's only one way to be saved, and it is only through Jesus Christ. He is the only mediator between God and humanity, that it is only through Jesus that we can be saved. In, in uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14, Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. See, if you want to follow Jesus, you've got to follow the, the narrow road, and you've got to go through the narrow gate. And it's narrow for a reason, because very few find it. Following Jesus is not the easy way. Following Jesus is the hard way. Because Jesus has expectations for us. He has expectations for the way that we live. Uh, it's not just a matter of, uh, I can do whatever I want and God's going to forgive me. Or I can believe whatever I want and, and I'll get to go to heaven. That's not what the Bible tells us. That there's only one name given to humanity by which we can be saved. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. That the, uh, uh, that God wants everyone to be saved, but there's only one mediator between God and humanity, and that is Jesus Christ. And that if we will put our faith and trust in Jesus, if we will trust in God and trust in Jesus, keep trusting in Him, and if we will put our faith and trust in Him by believing in Him, repenting from our sins, confessing our faith, and being baptized, 
I had the privilege of baptizing someone this week on Thursday. It was awesome. She came out of the water and had tears of joy in her eyes. It was amazing. I never get tired of that. We baptized 29 people here this year. It's just so cool because every time it's a different story, it's a different life that is being changed and transformed by the power of God's grace. And that's exactly what does it. It is the grace of God that is found in the good news of Jesus Christ. That this loving gift of God's grace pours out from his heart to humanity day in and day out. That God is full of love and full of grace and he wants to forgive everyone. We're doing a baptism class for the kids uh, ages 8 to 12 between the services uh, for three weeks at a time. And, and I, I've really enjoyed writing the curriculum for this class because it reminds me of, of my own journey of faith. And it reminds me of how when I was a little guy and I came to faith in Christ. When I was eight years old at the first Christian church in, in Crown Point, Indiana. And I was baptized on a Tuesday night, December 9th, 1981. It was amazing. It was, it was just a, a life transforming experience and i want that for you if you've never put your faith and trust in jesus if you've never if you've never uh said i believe if you if you haven't confessed your faith if you haven't been baptized this is something you got to do it is like the starting line for the marathon of life it is the starting line for the marathon of faith and and when you cross that starting line by being baptized god says you are mine and i'm never going to let you go that you belong to me and you are safe and secure in my hand. And so my prayer for you is that if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, that you will do that soon. And I want to invite you that if you've never been baptized to give me a call. My phone number is 219-895-6692. That's my cell phone number. I'm putting it out on the internet for everybody to call me and prank me. Um, but it, it, and it's, it's available, you know, anytime. Uh, I think it's in the bulletin or the, the church office number is in the bulletin. Give me a call and let's talk about your journey of faith. I'm available anytime, 24-7. You want to talk about getting baptized? I don't care if it's 2 o'clock in the morning. You give me a call. I want to talk to you about it. I want to have that conversation with you about your journey of faith and where it's leading. Are you following the, the path that God has for you? Are you fulfilling the purpose of your life to know God and make Him known? I, I want to talk to you about that. I want to find out where you are in your journey of faith because you got to believe and you got to repent and you got to confess and you got to be baptized. If you've never done that before, I, I want to challenge you to do that because there's only one way that leads to heaven. Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Church in, in California says that a lot of people believe that, that all roads lead to God, and he says that that's true. All roads do lead to God. They lead to God's judgment seat. But only one road leads to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. And that's what the Bible tells us. The Bible is our, our, our road map for how to get to heaven. But more than that is our instruction manual for how to live our lives. It is a love letter from God that he has written to teach us how to be more like Jesus. How to find that one way. How to obey that one way sign that leads to life and life eternal. Jesus said that he came that he may give us life and life to the fullest, life abundant. And if you don't know Jesus, you don't know real life. And you may be searching for, for the way. Jesus says to you, I am the way. 
You may be searching for truth. And Jesus says, I am the truth. You may be searching for life and you want to have a real life. Jesus says, I am the life. And if you want to know God, you've got to know me. And that's one of the great things about the scriptures, one of the great things about the Bible, is that when we see Jesus interacting with people, when we see Jesus talking and, and preaching and teaching, what we, when we see Jesus doing those things, that's what God would do, because Jesus was God in human flesh. If you want to know God, you've got to know Jesus. But what about the rest of us? Maybe you have put your faith in Christ, and maybe you are walking uh, toward toward Jesus and you are following the one way that leads to heaven what about us what about the purposes in our lives what about why God has put us here are you helping make him known because you can say yeah I know God because I know Jesus are you making him known to others last week I challenged you to pray for people who don't know Jesus I challenged you to pray for people who are lost lost in their sins wandering in the darkness they don't even know that they're lost i asked you to pray for them one day uh each day for seven days to pray for people who don't know christ i want to encourage you to keep doing that keep praying for people who don't know jesus i want you to pray for that person in your life who doesn't know jesus that one that you're especially concerned about maybe it's your parents uh, maybe it's your kids uh, maybe it's a co-worker or a neighbor maybe it's a brother or a sister or a friend Somebody you know that doesn't know Jesus, I want you to continue praying for them. But I also want you to ask them a question. And it's not a deep, uh, it is a deep question, but it's not a threatening question. It's just a simple question to open a door. And the question I want you to ask somebody this week is, do you ever think about faith? It's a harmless question but it can open up a, a whole world of conversations to, with somebody. A, a whole world of conversations about, no, not really. Oh, well, that's interesting. I think about faith a lot. Really? Yeah, I go to church every Sunday. We talk about faith a lot. Really? You go to church? I hope nobody ever says that to you. <laughs> you go to church? That would be bad. But I, I want you to ask somebody, do you ever think about faith? Or do you ever think about God? And see what they say. And see how God can open up that possibility of conversation for you to talk to them about what you believe. And maybe you say, well, I, I really don't know what I believe. Well, we have really good Bible studies here that we will, we will teach you what the Bible says about what we believe. I encourage you to get in a Bible study to learn more about our faith. Or maybe, maybe just take the membership class. And you're like, well, I'm already a member. It doesn't mean you can't take the membership class. We go over what we believe as a church. It'd be a great way to learn what we believe as a church if you're not sure. Take the membership class. We're going to offer one in December, Saturday, December 19th, 9.30 in the morning. You can sign up today, literally, six weeks ahead of time. But I want you to ask somebody a question. Open up that possibility of conversation. Just say, do you ever think about faith? Or do you ever think about God? And see what they say. And see how God will use you in their lives to help you talk to them about Jesus. See, the Bible's pretty clear. 
And it's pretty scary. People who don't know Jesus don't go to heaven. And that's serious, folks. That's serious. We can't let that happen. Not while there is breath in our lungs. Not while our brains are still waving. Not while there is energy in our bodies. Not while we are awake. We've got to tell people about Jesus. Because he is the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. And if we won't tell them, who will? If we won't tell people about Jesus, who will? Do we care enough about our coworkers and our neighbors and our friends and our family members? Do we care enough about them to want to help them get to heaven so that they don't have to spend eternity separated from God in hell? Do we love people enough that we will talk to them about Jesus? Do we love people enough that we will ask them this question? Do you ever think about God? Do you ever think about faith? Pray for that person. Pray that God will open that door and that he will give you the boldness and the courage to walk through it and to tell them about the one who died for them to tell them about the one who wants to save them, to tell them about the only one who can save them, just as he has saved you and me. Because when it comes down to it, the signs point in one direction. There is only one way, and his name is Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there is... Uh, a whole lot of people we know and who are concerned about that don't know Jesus. And we can't sweep it under the rug. We can't pretend like it's all going to be okay. Everybody just gets in on, on their merits or on their good deeds. But no, God, there's only one way to be saved, and that is by your grace through faith in Christ. So I pray today for two people. I pray for the people here who don't know Jesus who've never obeyed you by being baptized, who've never put their faith and trust in Christ. And I pray that, Lord, you would create the, in them a desire to know Jesus and that we would have a conversation about their journey of faith. And I pray for those people we know who don't know Jesus, that you would open up a possibility, open up a chance for us to talk to them this week about who Jesus is. God, I thank you that you have saved us by your grace. That we don't have to earn it, we don't have to be good enough for it, we don't have to buy it, but rather it is a gift of your love. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for Jesus. I pray now that you would uh, work in our lives and work through us this week to talk to somebody about these very important matters, about who Jesus is and how he wants to save us. We ask all of these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.